Welcome to The Gathering Place, a Blessed is She podcast. We're so glad you're here. Come chat with us about Jesus, prayer, community, and life. So let's get started. Beth. Hey, Jenna. How are you doing? So good. I'm feeling a little pressure because I have to go to sacrament prep class. Oh, this is the third class because I have not gone to either of the other ones. Oh, my goodness. And your children receive their sacraments anyway? No, like they do makeups for oh, parents who can't come. Yeah. So this is the third makeup. <laughs> so it's not the third class. It's the no. third makeup class. Yeah. Wow. That's very generous of them. It's amazing. But also I'm like, can we not? Mm. I asked for a link to watch They're the not first one. They didn't do it. How interesting. In this, They make you come in. You know, in the time of COVID, I would just think everything's being offered virtually. They're really serious about that sacrament prep. As they should be. Which I appreciate. Totally. Totally. As a former religious educator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, those were a pretty big deal. Alas, we got to hurry this up. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> well, I thought we... <laughs> what do you think about the sacrament of penance, Beth? I love it. Twice today, I had the opportunity to go, and I need to go. Wow. I didn't go either time. Beth. The first time I thought, I don't have time, I'm going to be late to our staff meeting. Then I ended up talking to someone, then I ended up missing our staff meeting anyway. The second time, we had a priest in the house, in the building, needed confession, but Teachable Tuesday was starting in like 10 minutes, and I knew this was not going to be. Not a 10-minute one? This is not going to be 10 minutes. Yeah. Also, I just like, I couldn't get in that place and then give a talk. You know? you know what is so sad to me? What? Is that the best confession talk I've heard mm-hmm. is the one from Sister Maria Fatima. Oh, yeah. But we never got to share it because we did it and then COVID happened like right after. Yeah, you guys don't even know about it. We right. had her on the podcast to talk about the miracle of confession. It was so beautiful. But pastorally, we just felt like it wasn't the time because no one could go to confession. I know. Or, you know, in those early days. Right. Then the season wrapped, and here we are. No guests. No guests this time. Yeah. Sorry, Sister Maria Fatima. She'll be on eventually. We'll share it one day. The sacrament of penance or confession or reconciliation, whatever the right <laughs> term is, was that always your, like, favorite sacrament? Mm, no. I remember being asked on a high school retreat. We yeah. were like going around the table. So cheesy. And um, was it your retreat, Beth? No, yeah. I was a high school teen. Oh, I, was a teen. I see. I thought you meant you were doing a cheesy this, retreat this as a youth minister. This is so embarrassing. No, but I think as a core member asked, what's your favorite sacrament? And Cute. I said, marriage. <laughs> Stop. Can you believe that? I haven't thought about that in years. Isn't that funny? That is hilarious. I know. What a silly goose. How old were you? Were you like, 14, Beth, or 18, Beth? I was probably 16. Wow. I know. What a sweetheart. So dumb. I like think about that. I'm like, <laughs> you're so dumb. Like, that's so embarrassing. But I meant it. I sincerely meant marriage, it. Marriage, You know, marriage. I had no idea the <laughs> reality of the sacrament of marriage. Mm-hmm. And just like the real grace that exists in it. Yeah. Until Mike and I were falling apart at the seams. Mm. And then overcoming that and realizing, wow, like sacramental grace is real. Yes. 
And marriage, I truly believe, is a miracle mm-hmm. and only by the grace of God. Yeah. Do people stay committed and in love in marriage? It's too hard without the grace. Yeah. I don't see how it's possible. Mm-hmm. It's so hard. I don't have much to add since I'm actually <laughs> not married. But I'm just saying I agree. I guess I agree. I think the sacrament of marriage is probably my favorite sacrament because of how real the grace has been from it in my life. I can't wait for you to have it, BD. Well, you know, I'd like to revise my answer. It's no longer marriage. What would you change it to? Uh, I would change it to the Eucharist, I think. Love the Eucharist. I cannot believe that Jesus is truly present, alive, body, blood, soul, and divinity in the Eucharist, and that I can eat him. I consume his flesh and blood. I take his soul and divinity into me. It's beyond earthly goodness. It's beyond, yeah, it's miraculous. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. I feel so honored, blessed, lucky, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. to be Catholic mm-hmm. and to actually believe Jesus at his word in John 6. Yes. Did you know... There's a Protestant evangelist, tele-evangelist. Okay. Pastor, I don't know what he would prefer, named Benny Hinn. Have you heard of him? <laughs> I'll ask him what he prefers. <laughs> All right, him, Benny Hinn. There's this little clip, you can find it on YouTube, where Benny Hinn is preaching. You know, he's at like some wild revival church service. I don't know. Benny Hinn says, did you know there are more miracles in the Catholic church than in the Protestant world? And the people, oh, no. I mean, people are like really visibly worked up about this. Yeah. Probably some of them are falling away Catholics. Yeah. And he says, no, it's true. Because Catholics believe in the true presence of the Eucharist. They believe that that's Jesus in the bread and the wine, that it's not a symbol. He's like, and that's why they're getting healed. Mm. Because of the Eucharist. Isn't that incredible? Wow. Yeah. The sacraments are everything. In fact, one of our core values. Yes. Tell the people about. Her blessed is she. We've shared before about our core values. Yeah, yeah. Which I love. The Eucharist is one of our core values. I like that the bishops are catching on with our core values. It's about time. Yeah. That blessed is she. They're on to something. <laughs> They're on to something. We got to be talking about the Eucharist more. You know, I had this conversation with a, a dear friend in Ireland and I'm sure she had told me this before, but it came at just the right moment when I was like able to hear it and receive it. And by God's grace, it really changed things for me. And I think for the ministry moving forward, mm. at least in this season, she told me about um, her experience on the first Blessed Is She retreat in Ireland, the Wild Retreat in 2018, and how she'd been Catholic her whole life and received the Eucharist, but... Um, just didn't know mm. or didn't believe, maybe some combination, um, that, that it was truly Jesus. And she just left me a voice memo and said, that retreat, that time in Eucharistic adoration, the procession changed my life. I had never before met the person of Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. Wow. I didn't know it was him. And it changed everything for her. Mm. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. And so as I listened to that message, it's just like it became crystal clear. I had like this laser focus that everything we need to do it has to be about the Eucharist. Yeah. 
It's at the center. So we changed our monthly nights. We'd always had these monthly nights where we did Eucharistic adoration and had confessions. And we had a talk, some community. But I I just wanted to change it. I wanted to keep Eucharistic adoration and confession, but yes. then to lead into Mass every month. And just to help the women enter more deeply into the reality of the Mass, to receive in a way that can change their life. Because yes. I think it's possible to go to Mass your whole life and not believe and not know and not be changed. And in fact, when I was like really catching on fire about this and wanting to talk about the Eucharist all the time, Kelsey said to me like, I don't know. I think if we tell people it's Mass, they're just going to check out. You mm-hmm. know, it's not, they're coming for a talk. They're coming for, and I'm like, no, but it's Jesus in the Eucharist. Yeah. But I had been reading Father Boniface Hicks' book, Personal Prayer. And there's a whole section on the Mass and Eucharistic adoration. To be honest with you, when I got to that place in the book, I was like, oh, bummer. How funny. Yeah, it was interesting. Okay. Yeah. Like before I was all in on yeah. personal prayer. And then I was like, now we're going to get into like the logistics of Mass and yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was more about like corporate worship. And I was like, I'm here for the personal prayer, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But he helped me to access the Mass gave me language to access the Mass in a more cooperative way. Mm. And the key is vulnerability. And so that's what I like shared. I gave a talk at that first Blessed Is She monthly night, setting up for this new format to really position our hearts to get more out of Mass. Because it, he's there. It's already there. Everything we need is there in the Mass, in the Eucharist. But we don't necessarily show up expecting that or even are open to receiving it. Yeah. Well, I would say I would agree with Kelsey. Yeah. Yeah. I was like nervous. No one's really going to come anymore. I just think that reminder can't be said enough. Mm-hmm. You're that first talk that I wish everyone could hear one day. Hopefully we'll give it, you know, for everyone. Mm-hmm. Or that all of us would read the book Personal Prayer, which I doubt is going to happen. Yeah. But go get it. It's linked down below. Yeah. Because it's just so beautiful. And I love that that what he shared in the book touched you so much. Mm-hmm. It was like another level of Mass for me when I already love the Mass because of the Lamb Supper. I love like the history and logistics and... The scripture. Yeah. Yeah. It's just so beautiful. It opened up so much for me when I read it. 15 years ago and just hearing your heart for the mass vulnerability personal prayer at mass Mm -hmm. was so incredible and and again another level but I think we can so easily forget what we heard and were touched by Mm -hmm. 10 minutes after it happened (laughs) yeah you know what I mean yeah like I hang out with you and it's like it revives it in me just to hear you talk about it and I'm like I can't wait Mm mm-hmm but no one's getting the pleasure of hearing you talk about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like torture for me that everyone can't hang out with you all the time. Jenna. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think the thing that changed everything for me in that book, Yeah. when I say vulnerability, you think you know what I mean. We all have a working totally. definition of vulnerability. But the way he showed that vulnerability is a is already written into the mass on God's part helped me to show up to give myself vulnerably 
really in response to his vulnerability and then he in return. It's just this beautiful symbiotic. Is that right? Like this exchange of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And what really unpacked everything for me is that he talked about how at at the beginning we pray the confidier. I confess to Almighty God, to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts, in my words, and what I have done, and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. It goes on. I didn't realize how long it was when I started (laughs) in. He says, why do we pray that like right out the gate? Why are we remembering our sins first thing? And he said it, it's to set us up. It really takes down our, our guard, our mm. defenses. We're coming to the Lord from the very beginning. We're here because we need you, because we're sinners, because we can't do it on our own. So when we share vulnerably our hearts, when we show our weakness, our failings, when we remember who we are without the Lord, that opens up our hearts to receive the love and the mercy that we need. Yeah. And so that prayer positions us for the rest of Mass to connect and to receive the vulnerable love of God because he then answers that vulnerability with his own. So the the readings in the Liturgy of the Word are really the story of God pursuing man mm-hmm. throughout human history and through the whole of our lives, like vulnerably saying, like, will you love me? Yes. Will you be in relationship with me? Extending again the invitation to love in relationship like that's vulnerability on the part of God. It's not like he's, you know, standing aloft, looking down at us, pointing a finger. No, he's extending his heart in in the mass readings. And then all of that culminates really in the ultimate gift of self, which is his body and blood, his life on the cross and his body and blood in the Eucharist. To see the vulnerability of Jesus in the mass that it's not some cold, formulaic, just exercise, you know, but that it's really, gosh, a love story. Mm -hmm. You know, when I come to Mass and I realize, like, the desire of God's heart is to have a one flesh union with me, Mm -hmm. that's what the Eucharist is. To view Mass as a love story really takes all the obligation out of it. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't want to be loved, you know? I love it just as you were sharing about the confidior. I was just reminded that anytime I have any sort of issue or I'm feeling um, a little off with a friend Mm. or even with Mike, the best way for us to like be reconnected Mm. is for me to be honest and Mm. to be vulnerable. Yeah. Um, Or if there's a conflict of any kind that I'm not the one that's always like waiting for someone to start the conversation and say, hey, is there something going on? But instead, like putting myself out there yes, and saying, hey, I noticed that we're feeling weird, feeling funky. Mm-hmm. And I just want to apologize if there's something that I've done. Is there anything I can do yeah. to um, reconcile with you? You yeah. know, yeah. I don't know. I just think it's beautiful because I've had such human experiences like that mm. where um, if Mike and I are... are aren't on the same page or something to just say like, Hey, I'd like to be on the same page as you. And I'm sorry that we disagreed Mm -hmm. on that or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so I think it's just a beautiful pattern that we can see in our own human relationships too, Mm -hmm. that when we come vulnerably and with like an openness to the other, 
Yeah. There's such beauty and fruit from that relationship. Mm -hmm. And so just to think about the Lord being there waiting for me to come and say, I'm sorry, Lord, and I love you. I want to give you my life again. Mm -hmm. With Mm -hmm. Mary's help. This is another gem of personal prayer, but what you just described is like the intelligence of human relationships Mm. is really the same way that our relationship with God works. And I think we miss that. I think we try to make it, we think it's some other kind of thing, a totally new language, a a new way to relate, but it's not. It's very like lofty. Yeah. You know, we have to know more. We have to do things differently. There's a certain way to talk to God when the reality is like, we know how to be in relationships with people. And so we apply that same, those same, um, principles of honesty, mm. vulnerability, spending time together, all of these things quality are quality time. Yeah. That's the secret sauce of prayer. It's like treat it like a relationship because it is. Yes. I've had the opportunity to practice vulnerability in the mass more often since I started going to daily mass. Mm. And it's really changed things for me. I just had a mass this week where, you know, I came kind of grouchy and found myself sort of like zoned out Mm. in the mass. Do you know what I mean? Totally. And I I said this in the talk actually that Monday night, that there's something really beautiful about the rhythm of the mass, the cadence of it, that it's almost like a river that just kind of carries you along. And I think that can be a real grace when we like don't know how to pray or when we're grieving, like the mass really carries you. But we can become so familiar with it, too, that that, like, rhythm of it, we just kind of go into autopilot, you know? And I found myself doing that, even though interiorly I was, like, kind of worked up, Mm. but I wasn't engaging in the mass. I was there. It's it's just so interesting that I could have all of this stuff going on, but I wasn't relating it to the Lord at Mm. all or including him in it. But I'm in mass thinking about my stuff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Is that normal? Yeah, okay, common, great. yeah. In all vulnerability. It was about vocation, you know. I was just feeling so lonely and, like, touch-deprived and longing for, like, intimacy and love. And I just kind of started, like, I woke up and I was like, oh, I'll just tell him this, yeah. you know, like, vulnerably bring this to him. And I, I, like, said that in more words, of course, just, like, how I'm like longing to be held and touched and loved and chosen, you know? And it was like just this little light kind of turned on of like, oh, you already prepared to answer that prayer by giving me the Eucharist. Mm. And so the rest of that mass, I was like, can I just get to receive the Eucharist? Like, can I just touch you and let you touch me, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like mind blowing that we can like touch him. Yeah. The psalm says this, of course, taste and see that the Lord is good. Like, that's not a metaphor. I mean, it is. It's poetic. It's beautiful. There is like a a tasting in prayer, right? Like, you know what I mean. Yeah. But we can physically taste him. Right. We eat his flesh and blood. Mm -hmm. I have such like a deep longing for people, especially like family members, to like understand this. Even though it's great mystery, how mm. can we ever wrap our minds around 
transubstantiation and, you know, it's a mystery, mm-hmm. right? Isn't mm-hmm. it? But it's incredibly profound and it like pains me when I see people not understand like the gravity of this vulnerability from the Lord mm-hmm. of his sh- sharing his body and blood with us, mm-hmm. soul and divinity, everything. Was there like a moment for you where it clicked that it was real? Not that I can remember. Mm. I think it's just become more real over time. Yeah. Of course it requires faith. He's hidden. It's like we can look right at him in the monstrance or on the altar and see that he's right there, but it is a mystery. Mm -hmm. He's hidden beneath the veil of ordinary bread and wine. I think I just had the childlike faith to believe that and chose to believe that when I learned it. And again, just like out of my desperation to be loved and to be known, to have a place to go and a person to look at, even under the veil of bread and wine, you know, it was imperative. It's at the center of my conversion, you know, but I do think it's deepened over time Mm -hmm. for sure. You know? Yeah. Remember when I said a couple of weeks ago that in my spiritual direction prayer, you're supposed to like become aware of -hmm. God's love and presence as step one. And I used to spend a long time there, right? Like I I couldn't get into prayer until I was like feeling prayer. Yes. And then something happened. It was just a grace, I'm sure. But one day I was just like, you're right here and I'm right here. Like, I don't have to wait to be feeling it. It just is. Yes. This is reality. Jesus is right here in the Blessed Sacrament. So I stopped, like, almost prioritizing my feelings about it. And just now I'm, like, so quick in that step. Like, you're here and I'm here. Let's do this. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and again, like, the physicality of it. This is really the gift of the sacraments. They make visible the invisible reality of God. So I can actually look at him. I can actually taste him. We can actually hear him. Yes. In confession. Yes. Yeah. Can actually touch him in the in the embrace of your spouse. Mm. Right? Yeah. He knows our humanity and he's so compassionate in our need for a physical encounter. Mm -hmm. I think that was one of my favorite parts of that um, video we do with Father Parks, Mm. where he was talking about the sacraments, talking about the Eucharist for a while. That video is my fave. We'll link it down below. Mm -hmm. Questions about Catholicism. Yeah. Yeah. Just this idea that the sacraments are so sensory. They take our whole person. It takes into account humanity. Mm Mm-hmm. Like the Lord was intentional about that. Mm -hmm. He became human and he continues to reveal himself through these physical ways. Yes. It's how he interacted with people in the gospels. I think that's what Father Parks talked about, right? Like he heals with mud and spittle, you know? There's some heresy that seeks to separate body and soul. Mm. So that spiritual things are all on like this invisible soul level and the body is all bad Mm. right soul good body bad but the catechism says body and soul are unity so the lord is not asking us to pray like angels he knows that we're embodied and so he gives us these embodied encounters with him in the sacraments Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I don't know that all Catholics know that, that for every sacrament, there is both form and matter. Mm. So there are words, and then there's a physical reality. Well, and really, this has been something we've been talking about for a long time. You've been talking a lot about it, Mm. thanks be to God, just about this beauty of the Mass and invitation to be vulnerable with the Lord there to receive his vulnerability. And that was really the point of our kind of launch of communion and coffee, Mm -hmm. of inviting the Blessed She community as a whole to get together with a friend and experience, go to Mass together, pray through Mass together, and to then get together and over coffee. Mm -hmm. I just recently wrote an email about it and just said, like, receive the Lord at Mass and then receive each other over conversation. Beautiful. It was just like a really beautiful kind of parallel that I had found as I was writing that email. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, that's our invitation to you to to do communion and coffee with a friend or two. Mm -hmm. Um, But just to text or call one friend and say, hey, is there a day this week that works for daily Mass? Would you like to go with me? And just go with her and pray and receive the Lord and then go and be with each other. Really, our deepest hope is that it would become a weekly practice. Yes. That communion and coffee would be a once a week daily mass where you know you're going to meet a friend and then grab coffee together and talk about the Lord, share your hearts. Who knows? Shout out to Blythe Fike. Yes. Who came up with this concept and... uh, really, and asked us to invite the Blessed She community to start going to daily Mass because our our core value is the Eucharist. Jesus is the center of everything in the Eucharist, and so we want you to receive him Mm -hmm. every day. He's available to you every single day, and we know that it's sometimes easier to keep that commitment or to make it a priority if someone's there waiting for you. Totally. Besides the Lord. Yes, of course. Well, also to look forward to coffee after. Yeah. It's so fun. I love coffee. Me too. Beth, would you like to go to Daily Mouse and coffee one day? Really? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Great. One down. Now it's your turn. <laughs> I mean, we already go to Daily Mouse on Fridays together, so that's <laughs> kind of... But we don't usually get coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Jenna, want to lead us in prayer? I would love to. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, thank you so much for the gift of this conversation, for revealing yourself, Lord, through the sacraments, through the Eucharist especially. Thank you, God, for giving your entire self to us, your body, blood, soul, and divinity in the blessed sacrament. We fall before you, Lord. We worship you. Thank you for being so generous with us, for wanting to be in union with us so badly that you gave us everything. Lord, I ask that um, this week, today, we would let it transform our hearts. We would let you transform our hearts, that we would turn to you more readily with your grace. We praise you and we thank you. We give you all the glory now and forever. Amen. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Thanks, Petey. Thank you, Jenna. See you at Mass. I'm like really excited about it. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.